BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Forever. Dog. First their parents disappeared, then the real terror began. This week on the podcast, R.L. Stein's Missing. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA Pulp Fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And we are back on Fear Street this week with R.L. Stein's Missing. <gasps> Missing! This book was weird. It was unlike any other Fear Street book we've ever read. Yes. Um, we got a cult. Yeah. We got a like, we got like a, a MAGA cult. Yeah, they were very MAGA, weren't they? We got a January 6th insurrectionist cult. Yeah, I mean, they were all at the fucking White monkey. Day. Yeah. With like robes yeah. and everything. I was very and, surprised when that turned out to be. Yeah. I was like, I kept thinking cult because like, why does this white monkey skull with gem eyes keep appearing everywhere? Yeah, yeah. I just didn't think he was going to pull the trigger on it. Well, because he always fakes us out. Yeah, because he's a because he always he he typically holds back. Well, he's, he's edging teasing us. something. <laughs> uh, he's edging and then never to completion. Yeah, never to completion. Um, he's ed- he's edging and then uh, disappointing. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Can I can I read the back of the book? Please do. Okay. Please help. Our parents are missing. What would you do? <laughs> oh help! Help! Oh, oh, Our help. parents. Um, what would you do if your parents didn't come home, didn't call, left no note? At first, Mark and Kara Burroughs aren't terribly alarmed. Their parents have stayed out late before, but then other things start to go wrong. Mark's girlfriend, Gina, breaks up with him and suddenly disappears. The police don't seem to be at all interested in finding Mark and Kara's parents. And their mysterious cousin who boards with them seems to be spying on their every move. When murder strikes, Mark... Huh? That was a lie. That's yeah, no. Anyway, oh. keep going. Yeah, no, they, they act interested and in, in yeah. When murder strikes, Mark and Kara learn their terror is only beginning. Someone wants them to disappear too, but why? The answer lies deep in the Fear Street Woods. But will they live long enough to find it? Yes, they will. They will. I was um, laughing so hard at the Roger of it all. <laughs> poor, Roger poor was Roger. so weird. Poor so Roger. Weird. It was Killed so with funny. An arrow. Yeah, I know. In the back. In the back. And he was it was funny because like I like really bad a at lot lying. Of, really bad at lying. Like m- maybe should I mean maybe not that he should have died. Yeah, he shouldn't be in the FBI because like, he's not good. Have at died, it. but should be a cop. should be shouldn't, punished for his hubris. Should, like just go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have died, but definitely like 
deserved something. <laughs> like maims, maybe. A, a good a good scare at the very least, possibly maiming. Yeah. Because he, he was died. so I mean, I maybe it's just this is a case of a white man failing upward, but like I don't understand why A he was even in the FBI. He was so bad at being in the FBI. Like what and was he even doing? He was just kind of like in the house. Like he wasn't even really he was like doing meetings in vans and then just kind of like running around being worried about mm-hmm. the parents. And that was it. And like doing a terrible job of placating the children. Oh my God. He was so bad at being like, I'm just worried about your parents. Like he was like, who are you, ta- who are you talking to on the phone? Is it your parents? Yeah. Like did this man not learn the art of like finding out information stealthily? <laughs> Because he, everything is very obvious. Mm-hmm. I also laughed so hard. So the the siblings, they're like, oh no, um, our parents are missing. Like, let's go into their room and like see if they're like packed up their stuff or whatever. And so they go upstairs and like Roger's like hiding behind a curtain and he's it's just feet. I laughed that so hard at that saddest. image. <laughs> like, like what a bad FBI agent. He should have thrown himself out that fucking window. He should Please. not have yes. been like just yeah, standing like, behind drapes. He, that that actually is it. It's, he shouldn't have been killed by someone else. He should have fallen <laughs> on his sword. Yeah. And jumped <laughs> out, that out that window as soon as he was yeah. caught. Because he was like, also his excuse was very stupid. He was like, oh, I well, was just looking. The fucking dumbest. Yeah, he was like, I didn't hear you guys, but it's like they were in the same room as you talking really loud and you were behind a curtain. So like, there's no way you wouldn't have heard. You're like, what did... Like, what were you doing then? What did you think would happen? And he's like, oh, I was looking for my little like re- recorder, like my tape player. And they're like, what? But you don't have any headphones. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Um, I have to go. And then just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, okay. I couldn't find my Walkman. Where's the rest of your Walkman? Uh. Mm. And then they're like, didn't you hear us? Like we were in here like arguing and literally screaming. And he's like, mm, like just acknowledge no. that. Yes, you heard them. Trying yeah, like, to lie about that is like, a, what are you going to gain from trying to pretend you didn't? Right. Like just hear. Because here's what he could do. Right. And this would I think be believable where he's like, I was like looking for my Walkman and like, I, I don't know. I freaked out when you guys came in. I don't know. I just hid behind the curtain. It was really weird. And yeah, like, and just say I don't like, know why then, I did that. And then like, and then you guys had a fight. And so I knew I couldn't like tell right. you I was in here then. And also like, you're, you're worried about your parents and here I am in there. I just felt like, just call out the weirdness yeah. to, Cause to then, get rid of the weirdness. Cause there's always an excuse, right? It's always an excuse to be like, I just freaked out and like did something weird. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Like that always works. But when you come up with like a million different reasons where you're like, I was looking for my Walkman and then I was like looking outside at the moon and then like I didn't hear you guys. Like that is where the lie falls apart. Yep. Like, oh, I was just so taken with looking at the moon. At the moon? (laughs) What? What What are you talking about? And And then to be like, well, I heard you on the phone. Like, was that your parents? And it's like, why are you so obsessed? And you then obviously when he know gets caught up. listening in on her phone call. Oh, my God. The degree to which he just will not accept that he got caught. Yeah. <laughs> Same is with, unacceptable. He just he, straight up every time. will never say it. He won't, yeah. he won't admit to it. 
And it's like, just acknowledge, like, you cannot gaslight me on this. You, I said, you were hiding behind a curtain five feet away from where we were yelling at each other. Yeah. And I heard a click and I know, (laughs) I know you were listening to the fucking call. And then when he gets caught going to the van by, by the boy, when, yeah, when he's like, uh, uh, like so the boy sibling he's like looking out the window i guess i could just say brother (laughs) (laughs) boy sibling sit down mark Um, one of the one of the two characters whose heads we're in yeah i did i thought it was first person i hate when arl stein does first person me too because the person's always an idiot yeah they always sound like such a dumb dumb like i guess you could say yeah oh my god oh my god (laughs) yes 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 exactly that um it's like i guess you could call us siblings <laughs> i don't know why it was weird <laughs> <laughs> but like so mark is like looking out the window in at like three in the morning and sees roger like walking around in the absolute darkness over to a van and like talk and exchanging something with the person in the van talking with him and then getting in the van and when roger comes back Mark confronts him and he's like, um, what the fuck? Like, what were you doing? And he's like, I was out for a walk. And he's like, okay, well, I saw you get in a van. And he's like, no, I couldn't sleep. And he's like, yeah. what? If you've been spotted, game over, man. Yeah. Own up it's, to it. You're you done. already were seen. Yeah. It's like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't get in a van. And he's like, okay, <laughs> but I saw okay, you. But I saw it take place. I saw it take place. So you have Honestly, to at least... Ag- Get on the same page with me yeah. and then make up who was in the van. Yeah. You can lie about who was in the I'm van. I'm having an I'm, affair. Like, I'm not even saying come clean about being an FBI agent. No, no. Stay I'm having an saying, affair. Say, yeah. Just, um, oh, I was meeting up with I, my friend. Yeah. Oh, and I'm then that's other thing. gay and I didn't want you to know. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Something. Literally. Okay. And this is again, right? You can always do like, we- you can always say, well, it was weird and I, yeah, I don't get it either. Where if he was, I mean, I guess if it's a pattern of you being like, <laughs> I, I am not in every control time, over every, my body. Every time you get confronted, you go, yeah, it was weird. I don't know. I'm just weird. <laughs> but honestly, like, like what power, right? Maybe after a couple of times, you can't yeah. say that anymore. And then you, you just can't, have to go, okay. Yeah. And then like own up to something made up even. Just, yeah. But you have to own up. If but you, you could caught, be like, you have to own up in some way. Yeah, but be like, okay, well, my friend stopped by and like he needed me. He needed me to talk to him about he's going through some shit and like, yeah, it was kind of weird that he wanted me to meet him in his van, but I wanted to make him feel better, so I did it. Done. More Done. normal than so no, much more. No, normal. I didn't. <laughs> more normal than you literally saw me enter a van and I go, no, you didn't. Well, but people do no, gaslight like that. Like people yes. do absolutely it, it's just very stupid it's very stupid and it doesn't make the other person be like oh i believe you now they're just like what the fuck you know um oh and then they go through his room and they find a pistol oh, actually that, i think that that lie was okay i that lie was okay and i was shocked that kara saw through it me too because she didn't see through I mean, I guess she did. She always saw she through d- the shit. She always saw through stuff. Kara actually Mark was, was smart. Not. But like, I was just shocked because like, I was like, well, at least it was a story. <laughs> it was something. It wasn't mm-hmm. just, no, you didn't find a gun. Yeah. Or, okay, the other option being <laughs> what we were saying where he's like, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. There's a gun in there. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. weird. I don't know how that got there. I didn't put it there, but it's honestly, weird. But you, next I'm sure time you I did see it. Yeah, next time I get into some kind of inter- per- interpersonal entanglement, I am my first thing is just gonna be like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know. It's weird. weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Mm. Oh my god, what a power move! I love that because it's you're not giving up status at all because you're refusing to care. Mm-hmm. And so the other person is just getting so upset, and you're like, yeah, it's weird. I don't- I, I agree. Yeah. No, totally. It's weird. Yes. Yes. I am. Be- it's it's yeah, like, I also am it's freaked that out. very unsatisfying apology where they go. Yeah, I was I was wrong. I'm sorry. And it's like I well, do that, though. That's well, how I apologize. It well, sucks. I, well, I that is how I apologize, too. But it's it. The difference is in the tone. Well, <laughs> There's and, a difference okay. between. Wow. You're you're right. I'm so sorry. And right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think like I will do a thing, and I yeah, have. Weird. In, I don't know. What to say. In, yeah, it was really weird. I don't know. It was really weird. I'm Can sorry. you imagine, like, in a fight, like, like my you know post divorce fight? Can you imagine? It's like I can't believe you want a divorce. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's really weird. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, that's really weird. Oh, that's so uh, weird. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. Ugh. I mean, I'm as surprised as you are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Same here. Yeah. Ugh. Man, <laughs> real bummer though. Mm-hmm. What are you but gonna do? In if I get into like there is a a type of fight that I do shut down and I just go, I know, I'm sorry. Yeah, like I know. And it's usually if I feel guilty about something and the other person is really, really, really angry at me, and I feel like they have a right to be angry at me. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because I'm internalizing shame and guilt and sadness and whatever and like blaming the entirety of like a very fucked up situation on myself when in fact that's like not the case but well, it that's does the way my brain works and on yeah. whether or not you are right that it was completely your fault or not right and usually you know it's you're never right when you say it's completely my fault but your brain feels that and then so when someone is like just like fucking saying like the meanest shit to me I will just be like, in my head, I'm like, well, they have a right to do this because I hurt them. So then I just take it and I'm just like, yep, I know, you're right. And then in order to protect myself from actually experiencing what this person's saying to me, I just become like hollow and I'm just like, yep. Yeah, you shut down. Yes, yeah. You're like, basically your body is doing that. It's protecting you. To protect you, you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's almost involuntary yeah well because i also don't like my my that ability to shut down like that because it enrages people because they're like i want to have a fight because i'm so upset with you and because i'm so angry at like what i perceive you quote did yeah and it's like and it's like i want to give you like what you deserve but like right i can't (laughs) yeah and this has happened actually at the dissolution of like many of my relationships um which it's like maybe a pattern. I mean, it is a pattern and it's something I'm like working through with my therapist, but it's like this thing of like, ah, uh, the I, I end it and then the other person is so upset that I'm doing that and like, quote, throwing away, you know, whatever many years. And, and it's, it is crazy how, how often this happens or how often I get myself into this situation. And then it's like, they're like of course they have every right to be like you are so you're such a bad person you're such a bad person and then i internalize it and i'm like yes i am a bad person i am a bad person and then it's just they're like no but like i want you to 
fight with me and like fight for this and and whatever but it's just Mm -hmm. shut down shut down shut down and i get that way in like regular fights too like i'll like report on what's happening rather than actually feel it like like i'll be like well you're saying this and like that upsets me and they're like well you don't sound upset and i'm like i correct (laughs) i'm yeah i'm shutting down to like not feel anything also you can't fully control (laughs) the compartmentalization no and no no and i'm someone who does that a lot a lot like more so than i think other people which i because there is this fear that i have i have to um, really make myself feel it yeah like like intentionally submerse yourself in it Mm -hmm. bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Most of you listening right now are probably multitasking. Yep, while you're listening to me talk, you're probably also driving, cleaning, exercising, or maybe even grocery shopping. But if you're not in some kind of moving vehicle, there's something else you can be doing right now. Getting an auto quote from Progressive Insurance. It's easy, and you could save money by doing it right from your phone. Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Discounts for having multiple vehicles on your policy, being a homeowner, and more. So just like your favorite podcast, Progressive will be with you 24-7, 365 days a year, so you're protected no matter what. Multitask right now. Quote your car insurance at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. But sorry, you were going to say. Oh, no. Uh, just that um, mm, I don't recall. I'm Something sorry. about compartmentalization. Because it it's a fear that you have. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, thank you. Um, I was actually talking about this with someone recently about how um, I, with certain feelings of like sadness, I think in particular sadness, um, I shut myself off from it, which in turn has now made it so it's hard for me to experience joy. Mm -hmm. Although recently I've had a lot of ability to feel joy, which is lovely. Um, But I shut myself off from sadness because there's a part of me that is afraid that I'll be lost to it forever. That like, if I feel this thing, it will consume me and I won't be able to get out of it. And that's all I'll be because I've been in situations like that where I have let myself and it does feel like that's all you are. And I don't like that feeling. And the thing is that you forget that you come out of it, you know? Yeah. But depending on, depending on what it is, that is a really bad. Cause I, I have been there where I couldn't get out of it. Yeah. And it's really bad and it's like fully consuming Mm -hmm. and, and, and like it, it it's just like waves and waves and waves and waves. Yeah. The regret I had about how I spoke to my dad last or mm-hmm. didn't say happy father's day to him. And then he mm-hmm. died a week later mm-hmm. um, was all consuming. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. And that the was all consuming and there like was self no turning yeah. it off. And yeah. so it is, you can get stuck there. It's, it's yeah. possible to get stuck there. It and is. So, yeah, you protect yourself from it. I don't know how to describe the feeling, but like to me, it feels like almost like everything is scooped out of you and you're just like this hollow, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, like your chest cavity is just this hollow C it's shape. It's physical. Yeah. And it's like, like you're when falling. it's on that level of regret, yeah. it's physical. Yeah. Yeah. For three days after I, Micah and I decided to get a divorce, I was definitely there. Like I could not stop weeping. I was like just yeah. so full of just like self-loathing and regret. And like my mind was trying to punish myself and I would like trace, I traced the entirety of our relationship uh, masochistically um mm-hmm. and only i mean not the entirety right but like the timeline of it all the all the times where you're like i wish i had done this instead yeah all of the times the where not i being failed able to regret is yeah. so painful because you yes. want it's like the desire to be able to go back and fix it is so strong yeah and you know it's what like, yeah. time travel doesn't exist it doesn't it just exist. doesn't <laughs> it's and the most me, impossible thing yeah. And for me, it's less of a, I wish I could go back and fix it, but rather a deep hatred for myself and like a disgust with myself and like a how, like such a deep disappointment of mm-hmm. like, how could you be, how could you fail someone who was only ever good to you? And it's how could you be that selfish? Yes. How could, and selfishness is something that I struggle with. Um, and, and, and it was, it it is a thing that many partners that I've had it towards the end of a relationship like to remind me of. And so it's something I'm working on, but also I'm also learning that the way that I am in relationships shouldn't necessarily be moralized. It's just that I've been with people that are incompatible because I'm learning about attachment styles and that mm-hmm. and, and my therapist well, is helping me. That's what I was going to say yeah. kind of is like I wasn't in your relationship but mm-hmm. that seems more like something somebody is saying to you because things they're are hurt. ending and they don't want yeah. It to. Yeah. And they're hurt and they want me to feel hurt as well. And yes, I, I, I'm learning that the yeah like I don't know my therapist is helping me like not moralize the way that I am as much anymore and like instead just be like okay this is like a way that I am and that's okay and that's something that I'm working I just on need in general to find somebody who who's also also like, that who, way yes or who also is compatible it. with my way yeah 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 and and also like the some you know a relationship ending isn't necessarily good or evil it's just sad and that's okay and and mm-hmm. the thing I'm also really working on with her is the freedom to want things and that's okay to want things you know because a a lot of my life most of my life I have felt guilty for wanting a certain type of life or wanting you know because like what I want might be um, mm, diametrically opposed to a relationship that mm, with someone who who needs a certain type of person you know, because I'm not that person. And 
but what I was doing in the past was being like, well, it's wrong for me to want this kind of life because that's selfish and like I shouldn't have wanted that. And so I should change because what's expected of me is that like I should want A, B, but and like, C. Just be- like then you could turn it back on them. Yeah. And it because- would be equally wrong. <laughs> right. Right. It's but that, that's the- that where it's like you'd never say that to me. Right. Right. But I, because it's always easier for me to say, well, I'm wrong. You know? Well, it's it's so easy to <laughs> fall into the trap of self-loathing. Yes. Like, and especially when like just because you wanted A, B, and C and they didn't didn't mean that you were being selfish, it means that you guys wanted different things. Yeah. Yeah. Because like it's also it's fair for them to want what they want. It's fair yeah. for you to want what you want. It's just a matter of like, do those things match up? If they don't, yeah. it's not either of your fault. It just doesn't match up. Yeah. I think that, the, not not to say that it's a competition, but the, the phrasing, you'll see what I mean. Um, <laughs> like the thing that they want, usually like what partners in the past have wanted is more in line with like societal norms mm-hmm. as far as like things that like our society promotes and like the things that I want are not necessarily that and, and then so, so that has made you judge your things yes and has been harshly. something that i think not rightfully so but understandably so these people have been like well everyone wants this so why don't you you know and I, so it's yes, kind of it's just judgy yeah but i mean they're hurt so they are yeah. being judged yeah so like th- that's the other th- i don't know i just i look back on like all of my relationships that I've been in and I'm like, I don't regret any of them. I don't regret, you know, cause now I know, right. So clearly. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is kind of, thank you for like letting me be therapized yeah. <laughs> yeah. in an episode of teen creeps. Um, we used to do more of this. And I think the reason we haven't is because you uh, was, I was struggling in denial. <laughs> you and were, like, you yeah. And Micah were struggling and that was private. Yeah. Well, because I don't like to talk about things that I are that are not resolved. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, not it's that like this it is wasn't resolved entirely but, yours to talk about yet. Yeah, and now it, it to me it's just like a very sad situation where like both people weren't getting what they wanted, and mm-hmm. um, I, you know, obviously I'm not going to like go into details out of like fairness to 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 both of us really, but sometimes things just aren't working and the way that i am is when i fully realize this thing's not working i have to make a change immediately Mm -hmm. which can be seen as impetuous or as um impulsive impulsive but to me it's like once i know i know and i've always lived my life like that and that's just an example of another incompatibility yeah um but you know things are good now and it's funny because like my mom keeps looking at me with pity (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's really funny because like I've talked to some people about that and they're like, but has she talked to you? Because you seem like more you than you've ever been. And like you seem pretty happy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, she can she can hear that I'm happy and she can see that I'm happy. But in but her head, in there's her still head, divorce yeah. equals sad. Yes. Divorce like, equals pity. Like she literally texted me and was like, I'm really worried about you. No context, no nothing. And I was like, huh? Hmm. Like, yeah. But I was well, just like, maybe I'm fine. She thinks, maybe she thinks she's interpreting your happiness as a cover. Maybe. Although I don't think that I'm doing the thing. Because like, you know, when you talk to someone and they're like, 
I'm amazing. I'm the best I've ever been. And like, but it's very yeah. clear that they're very bad. But like I hope that that's not how that's reading. The best at empathy. You. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and I mean, she has such a stigma against divorce, like such. Because I remember when my cousin got divorced, she literally like had to whisper the word to me and no one else was in the house. She was like, you know, your cousin got divorced. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, divorced. And actually, because I went to go do that um, memorial service for my grandpa where we dumped his ashes in the ocean. And um, like I told you, she didn't tell anybody. I told I told you this te- over text. She didn't tell anyone in the family that I was divorced. So I got to like tell in person every single <laughs> member of my extended family that I was right. divorced. And thankfully, my, 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 my divorced cousin was also there. And she was like, it was, it was really nice to commiserate with someone about it because she was like, look, don't worry. It'll just be for the next two years that you will have to keep telling every single person you see that you're divorced. <laughs> and she's like, and be prepared for people to tell you um, that you should have stayed in your marriage and kept trying. And all the things that you should have done uh, to save your marriage. And I was like, man, great. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Um, but anyway, all that to say that, and oh, I, I and, and people have reached out and I want to say thank you. That's like really fucking nice, you guys. Like either with just well wishes or people being like, I'm going through something similar or whatever. Like, um, I don't know. That was really nice. And mm-hmm. I also want to say that this, um, throughout my marriage, I had felt I don't want to say isolated from my friends, but like guilty, you know, mm-hmm. for for like wanting to spend time with friends. And um, I want to say that the thing that's been really fucking lovely is seeing that I do have this support system there. And like that has been a really lovely thing to come out of this, which is to 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 learn that like I'm not hard to love, you know, because like when I texted people to tell them like my friends like you and like um some other people everyone's first thing and and I thought it was so lovely that everyone's first reaction was just like I love you and that yeah there really was it was like it was I need Kelly to know (laughs) yeah that I love yeah yeah and it it hearing that coming off of the heels of fearing that you are like impossible to truly love, right? Because you become, you go from a dream girl to a real girl who has really um, specific ways that she's in a relationship with people that is the majority We've of people. We've joked about that before with. where it's like people, people who have like been obsessed with us in the past. It's like, look, yeah, <laughs> I, I think about you saying this all the time. It's like, like you said something like I'm, I'm with me every day. I'm fine yeah. at best. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> it's like you, you've got another idea of like who I am. Yes. Well, and I've seen it like n- with me for sure. I guess I've recognized it more in friends, like when they get together with someone because it's easier. It's always easier to like see another person's relationship and like see all the flaws in it than when you're like mired in your own shit. Mm-hmm. I remember there was this girl in law school that I knew who was like very, very beautiful. All the guys were obsessed with her. And uh, she started dating this guy and he was just like very annoyed that she had like anxiety and like that kind of shit. 
And it's like, oh, because she was a dream girl to you. And then she became real when you started dating. Mm -hmm. And that was really inconvenient for you because you wanted her to be perfect. Um, And then so I coming off of the heels of feeling like that I'm very difficult to be in a relationship with, which is true um, for the right people. It's true. Or that I'm very difficult. Certain people maybe, but I don't imagine (laughs) that that's universally true. It. I well, of course not, right? Because there's like a million types of people in the world, and like if you know, I don't, I don't worry that I will never find anyone ever. Right now, I'm pretty focused on just like you know having fun, and that's something that I'm like chasing right now, which is good. And I am having fun, and so I am happy about that. Um, because I, I deserve, I deserve that. Yes, and that's hard to remember that. Um, but I've been. So like there have been so many moments now that I feel just this pure, like this wave of like overwhelming joy at, I, I have this journal um, that like, it's, it's a planner, but it like has this thing where like every day you write something that you're grateful for at the top. And if you go through, there's like months where I didn't write anything mm-hmm. every day. And then one that I wrote, you'll have to excuse how cringe it is what I wrote, but (laughs) it was, it, it it was like from two days ago, I think. And it was like, I feel, let me just look at it. What did I say? I wrote, I am myself now. I feel it pressing against the inside of my skin. Like that's like the moments like that where I'll feel this like clarity with like knowledge, you know, what is it? It's to steal from this poem that I read, like knowing with the clarity of a ringing bell in my chest of like Mm -hmm. knowing myself now and that feels good I think and I'm relieved and at the same time I can still feel sadness for you know whatever I quote put someone through or whatever you know yeah night racing is back at Richmond Raceway this spring top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney Chase Elliott Bubba Wallace Ross Chastain and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights and This historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Thank you for letting me monologize about that for so long. I talked for so fucking long, and I'm sorry uh, to anyone who doesn't like hearing me talk about you know what? Who is like, at this point <laughs> listening to this podcast? They don't like us. I know. <laughs> they don't want to hear. Because truly, like, seek treatment. Talk. If you don't like us and you're listening to us, like, like why stop are you doing, doing this that? to yourself? Yeah. There's so much else to traumatize you. Yeah. Like, pick your. Look don't, out, don't use like, us. Don't, don't add to it. Yeah. Yeah. Life's Just hard like, enough. Instead of hate listening to talking, our show, don't listen. <laughs> Yeah, like just go outside and like touch a tree or mm-hmm. something. You know what I mean? Like go. Mm-hmm. As they say. Like drink a big glass of water. Instead of listening to us, drink a big glass Isn't of water. Literally anything else. Listen to like, like, um, like binaural beats or something, you know, something to like mm-hmm. <laughs> clarify your mind instead of White us. noise. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Get like some like anything. deep jungle noises, like mm-hmm. froggies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, what else happens in this book? Oh, a lot happens in this book. <laughs> a lot. 
A lot. It's okay. Strange. Okay. Okay. I'll let you um I'll let you start kind of summarizing. I will try. You can um, and, and I'll interject if you get lost. So for one if thing, you get lost, book, say SOS. Okay. <laughs> the book jumps between Kara's first person POV and Mark's. They're siblings. Mark is a year older. Mm-hmm. Hot but dumb. And we Kara, learn that he's hot. Possibly from his nice looking, but sarcastic and doesn't make friends as easily. Mm-hmm. Probably we would be friends with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would. Um, they I liked her. Uh huh. Me too. I hated Mark. Every time we were this in Mark's sucks. head, I'm like, I'm done with this. This guy's an idiot. And I mean, even Kara's, because like we said, the way that R.L. Stein writes his narrative is obnoxious. Um, I'll read. I'll just read the first page. It's all. It's all so like. Well, I guess this. Well, what should I tell yeah. you about myself? <laughs> yeah, it's odd. Mm. Um. It's just an odd style. And it's the same every time. Anytime he's doing first person, this is how people seem to talk. I think Mark believed the stories. He always believes everything people tell him. Even though my brother is a year older than I am, I think I'm a lot more cynical than he is. Mark is just a straightforward guy. I mean, what you see is what you get. Sure, he looks like a jock with those broad shoulders and the big neck, the blonde wavy hair and those green eyes and the cute dimple in his chin that he hates to be teased about. But he isn't dumb or anything. Yes, he is. He just trusts people. Yeah, he's dumb. He never kids other people, and I don't think he realizes it when other people are putting him on. Yeah, she has like a cynical way of looking at the world. I'd become pretty good friends with Lisa and Shannon, who were in my homeroom, but we weren't exactly best buddies yet. (laughs) It's just this like chipper here. So I don't blame Mark for jumping all over dad for that one. Of course, dad started screaming back and said a lot of things he shouldn't have which forced Mark to turn real red in the face and scream a lot of things he shouldn't have. And then mom got into it. It got so noisy, I thought the peeling yellow kitchen walls might fall, might crack and fall. Mm, it's very okay. like child detective. Yes. It's really it, it, it really sounds childish. like how my latchkey twins talk. Yeah. Where they're like, well, golly gee. Like, oh boy. Um, I guess you could say, where's, I, I took a screenshot of one particularly irritating <laughs> oh this isn't really about the style it just annoyed me this is a very rl stein tell a joke and then it's not a joke but everybody laughs anyway mark stared back at him disappointed oh sorry no problem the guy said and rolled up his window mark floored the gas pedal and we took off with a roar he's lying mark said how do you know i asked from his smile we both laughed it wasn't really funny we just needed to laugh then we both got very <laughs> silent what <laughs> Yeah, I, when no, the it wasn't thing, was very like, funny. What? What it are wasn't you talking funny. about. <laughs> Why'd you guys laugh? Was it just maniacal laughter? Maybe it just like <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. He just like nothing. No joke in the in his books is genuinely funny. Never. Mm-hmm. Never. Um. But so even though it's all that kind of writing style when we're in the first person, I still liked Kara. Yeah, I did too. Because when she talks, her real personality was coming through. But so they're having like 20 kids from school over. They just moved to Fear Street. They just moved to Shadyside altogether in this like kind of rundown house on Fear Street. Their parents haven't come home yet. And that's normal for them, but they do usually call. And so they're like a little on the worried side. Mark is on the couch making out with his super hot girlfriend, Gina. And... 
A guy comes to the door saying he's a cop investigating a series of burglaries. And I was like, the same burglaries as, as the last book? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like with Future Ghost Boy? Um, he says, and his name is Captain Faraday, but he wasn't driving a cop car. And I was like, this man is not a cop. No uh, way. Leaves his card, takes off. Kara turns back. Oh, yeah. And there's a gag with like fake vomit. And I was just like, what are we doing? Yeah, Robert? I was what pretty disappointed doing? with that. I was pretty disappointed. Very stupid. Literal fake vomit gag. Uh, she kicks everyone out and is like, look, it's weird that mom and dad haven't called. Turns out phone's not working. They're suspicious. Roger, their cousin, their distant cousin, <laughs> who has been staying with them as a boarder in the attic upstairs, comes down, really itching to talk to mom and dad. They they are not there still. Uh, Roger is really stressed about this as well. They're kind of suspicious about him being stressed about it. Because well, he's like, you know where your parents are? He's asking a lot of questions. He's like, are, are they on the phone right now with you? Mm-hmm. Are they- yeah. Yeah. It's like, where are they? Did they say where they're, did you search their room? And they're like, why would we yeah. search their room? Did you call them? Did you do this? Did you do that? Yeah. Um. Roger leaves. They're cleaning up. They decide, let's, yes, go ahead and search mom and dad's room. They go up there. <sighs> Here's a real RL fake out. Kara screams bloody murder. Next chapter. Oh, no, the bed isn't made. Yeah. She screamed because the bed wasn't made. And she's like, but they always make the bed. And she's like, I thought... I thought maybe a fight had occurred. That, okay, I'm like, sorry. That but was like, a real classic RL fake out. Yeah. Well, the fact that she's like, uh, the bed wasn't made. I mean, I guess it could look like there was a fight, but like maybe it's just the bed. But she's like screaming. Yeah, it was so, she's screaming. It was and her brother's like, her brother's like, Kara, you're literally screaming. <laughs> yeah. You're literally screaming. And she's like, I'm not screaming. <laughs> and that really ha- and the is, whole time roger's hiding behind the curtain yes that really so surrounded by all oh no no no. so she thinks first she thinks captain faraday that's the first fake out is that yeah. faraday might be there to say that they're dead but that's not what he's there for it's about the burglary Z- uh Z- next things phones out la, la, la. <laughs> okay i turned the knob and pushed open the door i was surprised to see light a lamp on the far bed table had been left on oh I didn't mean to scream. A noise frightened me. It was just a window shade flapping in the wind against the open window. Then I saw their bed and cried out again. It was obvious that something terrible had happened. Chapter four. So you think I'm it's not like sure why my sister went bananas? What's the matter with her anyway? <laughs> she never saw an unmade bed before. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> I mean, it is funny, I guess. Comical. It's just like, why did she scream? Yeah, it was an unmade scream? bed. That was literally it. So bed isn't made. Apparently mom and dad usually always are very are clean freaks or whatever. So they're yeah. arguing about that. And then they find this little white monkey skull with yeah. gemstone eyes that apparently like feels cold no matter how long you hold it. And and so it like, could be supernatural, maybe not, blah, blah, blah. They notice Roger's fucking shoes. <laughs> he is hiding behind the curtain. An adult and then man. An adult man hiding behind the curtain comes out and is like, oh, yeah, I was looking for something. My Walkman. I think that wasn't even. I think it was like, oh, no, he's worse. just like something. And they're like, what? And he's like, my Walkman. And he holds up something that they're like, 
that doesn't look like a Walkman. And he's like, bye. <laughs> yeah. So he like, he runs at the curtain. Roger stepped out from behind the curtains looking real embarrassed. It's only me. What were you doing there? Uh, Just looking out the window. I uh thought I heard something outside, but it was just a dog or something. But what are you doing in here? Sorry, I just came in to see if your parents what left you a note doing or something. In here? That was it. Mm. He wasn't even, he was there oh, right. to see if he, they left a note. Right. And then he said, um, then I went to the window when I heard something outside. I didn't hear you come in. But Fire. how could you not hear us? We were talking and everything. I and uh, screaming. guess those curtains are very heavy. They keep out the sound. So his claim is he went behind the curtains to look out the window. Yeah. And then she says, what's that in your hand? Roger held up a small black box. This, it's just my Walkman. He started towards the door. No headphones, Kara asks suspiciously. Oh, yeah, yeah. I uh, left them upstairs. So he's he's just holding a tape recorder like a fucking yeah. weirdo. Yeah. So he leaves. They argue about whether or not that was weird. Kara thinks it's weird, which it was. Mark. Also thinks it's weird, but is for some reason try like just playing devil's advocate to be a dick. And then next day they wake up, still no parents, no call, phone's not working. Still, they look for Roger. Roger's not there. Do they check his room then? I don't. I think they check it later. Oh yeah. Oh, that night is when Mark sees Roger leave at like one a.m. in the morning and get in a van that has been parked outside their house for like ever. Yeah. When he comes back in, he's like, I went for a walk. <laughs> Mark's like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> I know he's like, um, seems fake, but okay. Like, you're absolutely lying, but it is 1.30 a.m. I'm going to bed. And then they wake up and they're like, mom and dad aren't here. This is weird. They still haven't called. And then they look in the garage. Their car is there. So they didn't even take the car to work. And they're like, okay, well, let we're not going to school. Let's go to their work and see if they're there. And it's been set up that the parents move a lot, that they only stay in places like, or like, um, I forget how long, like, like maybe nine months to a year at a time. They've moved like seven times, eight times, and are supposedly people who install computer mainframes for different corporations. So they go to this corporation that they work for. Nobody there has heard of them. Yep. Supposedly. Like, no, they don't work here. They talk to Marcus, never the CEO. Here. My favorite part was Mark going, what's a CEO? Oh, my God. Do you think that he was like, I need to be ex explain this to people? Yeah. I think that was yeah. R.L. Stein feeling that teenagers yeah. wouldn't know what a CEO was. Or it may be yeah. being a different time and maybe someone wouldn't have known what a CEO was. Right. Or he got that note from Scholastic. Yeah. Um. So he says, chief executive officer, this young guy, Marcus, who's very charming and who, again, claims not to know their parents, the boroughs, can't find them in the directory. No one's ever heard of them. But he's like very nice about it and can see that they're upset. They leave, go home. This is where I start to get fuzzy. I think they tell... They tell Roger about it and Roger or Roger isn't there. And that's when they check his room and he has written in none of his school notebooks. Highlighted oh, nothing yeah. in his textbooks. This man should not be in the FBI. 
And he's no. got a gun in he's his so bad. drawer. He needs so he bad needed to it. have like two fake notebooks, you know, just like take a day and like write some fake shit yeah, in there. Come on, have have the evidence to back up your claim that you're a college student. Kara's right. It's weird. It's weird that he would have blank notebooks everywhere. And then again, it's like fucking annoying that Mark is playing devil's advocate and like maybe he just doesn't want to mark up his books. No, the man is in college. Man is in college. He why. should be highlighting things. Mark, shut the fuck up. Uh, Mark is just, you know what he's doing? He's upholding the patriarchy. Yes. He, he just wants to be the one who know, has all the answers. Yeah. But he so clearly doesn't. Like, he has none of the answers. His sister's way better at this shit than him. He's so bad at it. Yep. Oh, right. That's what happened next. After they went to the work, they did go to school where Gina had been out all day. And Mark called Gina to see if she was okay, and she breaks up with him, mm-hmm. even though they had been macking on each other the night before. Yep. And everything seemed great. So he goes home depressed, and Kara like finds him there, and maybe they think that's when they check Roger's room. And Mark tells her about him lying about going in the van. Yeah. So then Roger gets home, maybe... They ask him about the gun. He says it was the last thing his dead dad gave him. He was a cop who died in a drug bust and gave it to gave it to Roger in case he ever needed one. And I was like, well, at least there was a story. Yeah. Kara's not buying it. She's smart. But Roger leaves. And Kara decides to follow Roger. Smart. Mark smart. decides to... Go through the Fear Street woods to get to his girlfriend's house. Stupid. Okay, the shit that happens with him with the dog. I, I was, was like, like, what's going on with you, dude? This is not acceptable. He yeah. kills a dog. And I understand. Like, it was attacking him. The dog him. was attacking him. But at the point where you're making the dog yelp, you can probably ease up and it's going to back off. I'm not sure about that. I've never don't... gotten into a fight with a dog. Um. Same but I just didn't feel good about this. Well, I just fight. don't understand like why he even like did that. Like why did he, he even falls go in a there? Like trap. He's just trying which, what to. What was the trap? What was the, the trap? Tra- was like, set why by was the, the trap br- even the there? Cult. The trap was uh, set by the cult because it's near the site of the brotherhood meetings. Ah, uh, okay. And okay. the dog is wearing a little monkey, a little white monkey skull mm. collar mm-hmm. and was trained not to scare people off, but to stealthily attack them when they fall in the trap. So I understand that the dog, what it was like, it, the scene was supposed to be, it was him or the dog. It just didn't feel that way in the reading of it. It felt like he kills a dog for no reason. Yeah, it does. And it's really sad. So I was like, Robert. I was like, what are we doing, Robert? Robert. Why? Yeah. It's gross. I didn't, like that section at all yeah um and then he finally does mark's having a real night he finally does get to gina's tries to climb a trellis falls cuts his hand on a bunch of thorns goes back up gets caught by gina's dad dr rollins i think um who who, like has him at gunpoint another fake out next chapter oh no it's you and he puts the gun down. Yeah. Because uh, he didn't realize it was Mark. And he's like, oh, I could have killed you. Anyway, yeah. she went to visit a cousin. You okay? Sorry, you kids broke up. <laughs> Mark leaves. That's Mark's adventure for the evening. 
Kara's adventure, she follows Roger to a diner and he goes and he talks to the guy in the fucking van. And then Roger sees her, confronts her for some reason, which if you're trying to keep a low profile, why are you confronting her about following you? And then she's, he lies and says that it, that's Dr. Murdoch, his uh, student advisor. (laughs) Even though earlier when they saw Dr. Murdoch, Dr. Murdoch was like, Roger who? So Dr. Murdoch also isn't any good at this. No, they're very bad at lying. They're really bad FBI agents. Really, really bad. Really bad. So Kara leaves and is like, I'm going to go get that gun. This guy can't be trusted. Goes home. But then she gets followed by a car. She runs for a while. Oh, turns out it's Captain Faraday. Oh, yeah, because they had called him him so rather than calling yeah, the cops the cart. yeah here's that their was big so mistake. stupid rather so than stupid. just calling the police department she calls this random detective who came to her house the night before and tells him their parents are missing yeah and he is like the picture of concern about this and is like i've got all of my men on it and i was like well there's your tip off why would he put every single cop on this you guys <laughs> and he's this is when he's at their house right uh, no, I think they he just comes call over him. to tell them because doesn't he come over he and then they're like, does. oh, my. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. But at first they just talk to him on the phone. That's when they first tell him. Right. Oh, so and then, then he's later, like, I have to come over. I don't. Oh, does he come over? Yeah, because he remember he's like he's like on the phone and he's like, all right, uh, send all your guys over here to take care of these kids. No, no, that's and then, later. That's later oh, okay, when okay, he's okay, killed, okay, when okay. he kills Roger. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So at this point, he they they've just called him. He's he's seemed like he is actually looking into it. Then he like chases um Kara down in his car and she's like, Oh, it's you. And he's like, get in, I'll give you a ride home. I came to see if there were any updates or something like that. He drives her yeah. home and then she she and Mark like put their heads together about it. They Kara remembers the gun, goes to get it, it's not there. And I was like, Yeah, no shit, it's not there. Yeah. He's he's Kara not going to leave that. that anymore. You told him you found it. Yeah. So then the next day, more at some point, her friend Lisa comes over and they try to study and she tells Lisa about it. Oh, yeah. And then Lisa's like, that's crazy. Like she's. Yeah. Lisa's like, she, whoa, do you want to stay with me? That's really scary. Yeah. But then how does she get how do we get to they the the police officer comes to their house i think what happens is they get home they go up to roger's room roger's fucking dead roger has an arrow in his back they turn around there's captain faraday going son do you want to explain why you killed him because yeah mark is into archery and that was his bow and arrow he's like you killed this man what's going on and they're like no it's not true they go downstairs Faraday's acting like he's going to put the screws to Mark and ask him questions. All of a sudden, Dr. Murdoch shows up, quote unquote, Dr. Murdoch, exclaims, it's you. And Faraday kills him instantly. Instantly. (laughs) Shoots him three times in the chest. Yeah. And he's like, oh, wow. Good thing I was here. Well, I'll go call (laughs) the police. So to get cleanup gets on the phone and is like, get all the men on it <laughs> yeah he's like asap stat 
don't bother with ambulances. I've killed two men. (laughs) Yeah. And and he's like, let's all sit down in the living room. Um, And then Mark's like, I'm thirsty and gets up to get some water and the phone is off the hook and it still doesn't work, which Faraday didn't know that the phone had stopped working again. Why did the phone stop working? We never find out. I thought someone had cut it. Turns out, nope. Had nothing to do with anything, apparently. So now Mark knows Faraday's fake, goes out to the living room, can't figure out how to tell Kara stealthily. And so he just eventually screams, don't tell him anything. Mark is an idiot. And then, and then, oh yeah, and then Faraday lifts his gun. This was my favorite part of the whole book. Faraday lifts his gun is about... Oh, I liked this part. Yes, yeah. it's cool. I, I think actually I'll just read it because it is cool. Yeah, so, yeah, it's cool. Um, blah, 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 blah. So he killed Roger because he was snooping too much. He's like, oh, yeah, he's threatening to kill it. He's like, I'm going to kill Mark if you... if Kara, if you don't tell me where your parents are, I'm going to kill Mark. And she mm. keeps screaming, we don't know really. Four seconds, five seconds, six seconds. He didn't shoot. I opened my eyes. He slowly lowered his pistol. I felt so dizzy. I was gasping for breath. I looked up, trying to focus. Faraday was no longer looking at me. He was looking behind me. He looked very unhappy. Drop the pistol, a voice called behind us. I spun around to see who it was. Gina! Her black hair was all disheveled. There were stains on her blue sweatshirt. Her cheeks were red and puffy, and her eyes looked swollen as if she'd been crying. She had an enormous hunting rifle propped against her shoulder. It was aimed at Faraday. Who are you? What are you doing here? Faraday cried, lowering his gun but not dropping it. Gina ignored him. Come on, Mark. Kara, we've got to hurry. The meeting is starting. There's no time to waste. And I was like, Gina? Gina? Gina with a rifle saving the day. And she's like, we have to get to the meeting. And I'm like, what's the meeting? What's going on? She knew everything that was fucking going on. It was, Gina's great. I loved Gina. Gina's great. I loved Gina as well. She 100% saves the day. For sure. So they lock, they tie Faraday up in the garage and go out to the woods. It turns out that Mark and Kara's parents are undercover FBI agents who deal with subversive groups. So they go undercover in like cults and maybe like the KKK or whoever and investigate. They've been investigating this cult in in fucking shady side called the Brotherhood. AKA the white monkeys or the, maybe yeah, they're the, the white monkey brotherhood. The vibe is MAGA. Very MAGA. They're like, the, all these people are taking America from us and we need to take it back. Yeah. And the weak need cops aren't doing enough and we need to stop crime and clean up the country. And it's very, very January 6th. Yes. Very. Um, And the leader of their cult is Marcus, the CEO of the company where their parents were working and he they were working there but he figured out that they were <laughs> fucking FBI agents and had kidnapped them and so he was just telling people he had just like wiped them from the records and was telling people to say that they didn't know who they were yeah and they are about to kill Mark and Kara's parents yep in front of everybody like a rich like ritual punishment yep uh instead Gina shows up uh, to save the day there's a scuffle uh, mark and kara's parents get the better of the brotherhood and it turns out roger was just another agent staying with them <laughs> and murdoch was yeah. their like district um i forget he was their boss basically yeah um 
And it turns out they've just been, they've been undercover FBI agents their entire life. So it's like the Americans, but actually Americans. Yeah, actual Americans, not mm-hmm. KGB. <laughs> yeah. Which is a pretty cool plot. Yeah, it was, it was, I was pretty shocked at how cool it was. Yeah, <laughs> I, the payoff to this book kicked ass. It did. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. I would say read this one. Yeah, I would say this is, this is a good one. Like, yeah, the narration is, again, it's a very annoying style, cheesy. but it's a little cheesy, but a little corny. The action was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say listen to it. Listen um, to it. <laughs> I mean, read it. Sorry. Listen to us and read it. Listen to us. Yeah. Um. But uh, thank you so much, everybody, for, for listening, in particular for listening to this episode, because I know there's, you know, a little bit of tangent, tangent, tangenty. People like our team. Things happening. I think we we really have not talked about ourselves. In a long time. In a long time. And I think... But... Well, now I realize part of that was you just not wanting to talk about the problems that you and Micah were having. Yeah. yeah. And it's just been the pandemic. It's been the problems that everybody's been yeah. having. And it's yeah. felt yeah. very tiring to And it kind of got... It. Yeah. It was like we were like in a, in a zone of like, okay, we're just going to do the episodes and whatever. Mm-hmm. There's ebbs and flows to life. And it mm-hmm. is what it is. But thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you. Uh, uh, if you want to support the show, tell people about us. Leave us a nice review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, a special thank you to our Patreon listeners. Patreon.com slash Teen Creeps. Uh, we have a lot of really cool stuff on there for you. A very special thank you to our Patreon producers uh, who give it the $15 a month level. Get a personalized shout out. Thank you, Aaron Fernandez. Adam Howitz. Amanda Kay. Amanda Nangle. Amy T. Ann Dwyer. Brian Petty II. Caitlin L. Carrie Ham. Claire Moore. Courtney McPhail. Danielle Lamana. Danny B. Drew Waranis. Ellie Lagos. Emma. Emma M. Aaron B. Gabriela Santiago. Gianna Fernandez, Gwendolyn Ludovic, Jason H, Jeremy Kronk, Jeremy Goodfellow and Marco Pavlicich, Jessica Smith-Harper, Jessica Yu, Jonathan Venable, Sersha Descaro, Karen Lewis, Kat Miller, Katie Lilly, Katie Olsner, Keith Anderson, Kelly Burns, Carrie N, Kodiak Siegel, Coy, Landry Desmond, Larry Nguyen, Laura Hooper, Mary N, Megan Lozier, Melody, Micah Yunus, Miguel Camacho, Miranda Hester, Molly G, Molly Marks, Noah Spargo, Rachel Bassert, Rashad B, Randy Clett, Rebecca Goss, Rogue Kalahua, Sarah Wallen, Sasha Gibson, Sylvie T, Tristan Buckner, Victoria Beck, Victoria Gray, and Victoria Valdez. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. We really appreciate you. We will see you next week when we are not telling you what we're reading. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a good one. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. So we'll see you then. We appreciate you all. Keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.